The folklore in Kid Cryptid wouldn't exist if it weren't for the rich history and vibrant cultures these stories come from. While we do our best to provide accurate information, we recognize that we are, at best, amateurs here. This podcast is best considered for entertainment purposes only, and it comes from a place of love and respect for the peoples behind the lore. Now, on with the show. And we're back. I'm Elias. And I'm Sean. And this is the Kid Cryptid Podcast, where we talk about those mysterious beasts that we only catch the shortest glimpses of, known as cryptids. Hey, Dad. Yeah, buddy. What will we be talking about this week? Well, how about I tell a story and we'll see if you can figure it out. The year was 1924. A group of five men staggered back into town from a gold hunting expedition in the Washington wilderness, exhausted and frightened. According to them, they had encountered four large human-like creatures that stood upright and were covered in black hair. Based on the description, the beasts seemed to be about seven feet tall and around 400 pounds. Startled by the sight of something they couldn't understand, they did what people have typically done and tried to kill them. One of the men aimed his rifle and fired off several shots. Three of the beasts ran off, but one was hit three times and it staggered and fell off the side of a cliff. Shaken from the encounter, but still eager to strike it rich, the men returned to the cabin they had built for themselves as a base camp. With what happened next, they probably should have just gone back home. That night, after they had gone to bed, heavy stones began raining down upon the roof of the cabin. Large bodies slammed into the sides of the building, rocking the walls and trying to get in. The men huddled together, fearing for their lives as the creatures sought revenge for earlier in the day. Eventually, a boulder smashed a hole through the ceiling. One of the men was knocked unconscious for two hours after being struck in the head. The attack went on for hours, but as the sun began to rise, the creatures fled back into the forest. Eventually, an eerie silence fell over the camp as the men found themselves alone once again in their battered hut. Deciding discretion to be the better part of valor, the men booked it back to town where they told anyone that would listen about what happened. This supposed battle on Mount St. Helens kicked off what would become a pop cultural legend that is still popular today. So, what do you think our cryptid is this time? I think we're talking about Bigfoot, and I think that because they, in the story, they said um, there was some beasts in the woods, and... They were hairy and seven feet tall. Yeah, we're definitely talking about Bigfoot. What can you tell me about our large-footed friend? Well, our large-footed friend usually goes in the night lurking in the shadows. He doesn't like to be seen, and he likes to get revenge on anybody that tries to kill him. What makes you think he doesn't like to be seen? I think he doesn't like to be seen because he's like, oh, I don't want to be seen because I'm a killer. Did Bigfoot kill anybody? Uh, no, but he can kill. So what are some of the names that people have for Bigfoot? Sasquatch, Yeti, um, Wild Man, and I don't remember. No, that's fine. You uh, you did a pretty good job there with that. Um, actually, Wild Man was one I hadn't even thought of putting on the list, but those stories are out there. 
but like werewolves, Bigfoot is another cryptid that seems to have shown up just about everywhere in the world. So as a result, it's been given a lot of different names. Uh, Sasquatch, you got that one. Yetis, uh, another name for that is the Abominable Snowman. Uh, in Mongolia, they have Almas. Another one here in the United States that we have is the Skunk Ape. That's kind of down here in the south. In Ohio, they have the Grassman. And Australia has Yowie. And then Canada has the Wendigo. We may talk about the Wendigo at a different point, because in my opinion, that's a separate monster. It's just got too many other things going on. Yeah. Now, I do want to take a minute to revisit that story I told back at the beginning. After the men told their stories, search parties went out to find the creature that fell off the cliff. No body and no blood was ever found in the area where they said the event took place. But that lack of evidence did little to stop the story from spreading. So what do you think? Did the creatures come back and take the body away before the search party came, or did the men make it all up? I think the men made it all up. Why would they do that? Because maybe they thought they shot it and they missed. Oh, so you're thinking they're, they were afraid to admit that they missed? Yeah, and they and he and then he just like the thing like the Bigfoot that he thought he shot just was tired and fell off the edge. I just had a, a funny image of the the Bigfoot feeling bad about not getting shot and falling off the cliff to make the guy feel better. Me too. I want to take things a little farther back now. This next story actually comes from Teddy Roosevelt. Do you know who that was? I think, well, I kind of think I know who he was. I think he was a president, and I have heard Roosevelt. He was president. Uh, Teddy was actually the 26th president of the United States. He really loved the outdoors, and he's largely responsible for why we have the national parks that we have today. He was also a big fan of hunting. Now, this story didn't happen directly to him, but it was told to him on one of his many hunting trips by a man who claimed to be there. While we don't know the year, it was sometime during the mid-1800s. Bauman, the man telling the tale, was trapping beaver in Montana with a partner. Things weren't going well where they were, so they decided to try a different area. Against their better judgment, they headed to an area that people believed to be cursed due to another trapper being found dead there and half-eaten. After a long hike, the two men hastily made camp for the night, building a simple lean-to. With a few hours of light left, they decided to explore the area a bit in order to prepare for the next day. Upon returning to camp, they found something had destroyed their shelter and thrown their supplies all around the area. Angry and confused, they paid little attention to the large tracks that crisscrossed all through the site. By the time they got around to fixing dinner, it was dark. As they relaxed, curiosity began to overtake them, and they decided to pay more attention to the tracks they'd found. Making a torch from the fire, they followed the tracks of what they assumed was a bear. It wasn't until they got back to the fire that the other man pointed out that the bear had been walking on two legs. That night, Bauman was woken up by strange sounds and a strange smell. In the shadows, he saw something large over the entrance of the constructed lean-to. Can you guess what he did next? I think he shot at it. He did. Andy missed and the thing ran off. They spent the rest of the night huddled around the fire. The next day, they decided to continue trapping and went off into the woods to set their traps. 
They hadn't seen anything unusual until they got back to camp. What do you think they found? I think they found the monster there standing. Well, they didn't quite find the monster there, but you're close. What happened to their stuff the first time? Um, they got, like, flung all over the place. Yeah, their their campsite was wrecked again. Now, if it were me, I would be getting the heck out of there. But that's just me. How about you? I'd just be like, I'm running towards the, the, like, car, and I would just go like, get in! This was the 1800s. There were no cars. There were no cars? Nope, no cars. Carriages? (laughs) Not where they were. Nope. So they had to walk? They had to walk. So then we would, I, I would have to, I would run, and I was like, let's run. They were not us, and instead they doubled down and decided to see things through. They built an even bigger fire and decided to alternate keeping watch throughout the night. Around midnight, something came close. They heard the branches snap and a low, groaning cackle. And while it kept its distance from the fire, it made their skin crawl. In the morning, they finally made the good decision to get out of there, but not before they went to check their traps. Most of the traps turned out to be empty. I wonder why. And the whole time, they heard branches snapping nearby and felt like they were being watched. Finally, though, they did find a trap with three beavers in it. Bauman volunteered to get them while his partner headed back to camp. So where do you think this is going? I think this is going to be bad because he's leaving his friend alone at the camp. Or, you know, his friend's leaving him alone with the beavers. Hmm. I mean, my, my assumption is that Bigfoot ate all the beavers and that's why the traps were empty. Well, they found three that were not. Yeah, so he's still coming for those, right? Yeah. When Bauman finished up and returned to camp, he found his companion dead, his body still warm and his neck broken. Finally, too unnerved to take any more, Bauman got out of there and went back to civilization. Fun stuff, right? Yeah. So after these stories, who do you think would win in a fight, Bigfoot or Hulk? Hulk. Why? Because he's like Hulk smash and everything like that. So because he says Hulk smash, he's going to beat Bigfoot? No, he usually smashes the ground and then picks up something heavy and throws it at them very fast. But Bigfoot's big too. A good point. So maybe they were in like a punching battle and Hulk got the KO at the face. Okay. I mean, no one's ever reported Bigfoot picking up a car. Yeah. What if he did pick up a car? That would be scary. What about Hulk versus Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man would be like pew pew at, at, um, at Bigfoot and he would, and Bigfoot would be like, ah, and then Spider-Man would be like, I gotcha now. But he would, but then Bigfoot would just break out and then just throw, like, grab him and then just go like, Do you think Chewbacca and Bigfoot are related? Kinda. They are hairy. They are hairy. They are. They are tall. Yeah. 
they are tall, and they do make make sounds. I've got one last encounter to talk about. It's almost impossible to talk about Bigfoot lore today without touching on the video shot by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin in 1967. The two men were riding along the banks of Bluff Creek in Northern California when their horses reared up, refusing to go any further. About 25 feet away, they noticed a large, furry, ape-like creature through the brush. Startled and curious, they dismounted from their horses, with Patterson digging out his camera and Gimlin grabbing his rifle. To his credit, he did not aim and fire. As they fumbled with their equipment, the creature began walking away. Asking Gimlin to cover him, Patterson gave chase, and what happened next has gone on to become the most famous Bigfoot encounter in modern times. For a little over a minute, Patterson recorded the creature as it walked through the woods. As it stalks away, it looks over its shoulder several times, checking to make sure the men have stopped following. Before long, it disappears into the brush. This encounter may seem boring when compared to the others I talked about, but it's almost impossible to see any kind of show or documentary about Bigfoot without seeing footage from this video. Skeptics point to the video as little more than a hoax involving a guy in a gorilla suit, while believers point to the way the creature moves and low quality of costumes at the time. The film quality is just blurry enough that neither side can claim definite victory, allowing for it to be some of the most hotly contested evidence all these years later. You've seen the video, Elias. What do you think? Um, I think it was very cool-like because it didn't attack them. I think that Bigfoot was very nice and he, like, well, I think it was just she, and she didn't want to attack because she knew that they didn't shoot at her, so she just ran off like nothing happened. Yeah, but do you think it's a, do you think it's a hoax or do you think it was real? I think I was a like, I think I cannot tell because it looks real and I don't really know if it was fake. What what looks real about it? Um, well, first of all, the mask couldn't, like, wasn't, like, when the head was bent forward, mm-hmm. it didn't, like, show the skin. Yeah. Now, so for me, I'm kind of a skeptic, and uh, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily believe Bigfoot's out there, but I would really like to be wrong. Um, and the way that the creature moves in that video, to me, looks very real. Like, I, I feel like that's a very hard motion for humans to fake. Yep. Bigfoot almost moves like the Yeti. Well, I mean, they're kind of the same thing. Yeah, but the Yeti's covered in snow, Bigfoot. You mean covered in white fur? Yeah. I was looking at some stuff comparing it to the Planet of the Apes movies that came out around that same time period, and the costumes for that are just bad. Um, Like, they don't look real enough for what was in that video. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of uh, skeptical, but I'd like for it to be real. Me too. Today, Bigfoot has taken on a much softer appearance. You can find stuffed animals, festivals, and even cartoons celebrating this ancient creature. And as a side note, I'd like to give a big unsponsored plug to Dr. Squatch, purveyor of fine soaps and other grooming products. Now, where was I? Right. 
From dark, mysterious origins to a gentler, embraceable giant of today, the many-named creature we call Bigfoot has kept a giant hand on our imagination. While definitive evidence has yet to be found, there are no shortage of people who are constantly looking to find out the truth once and for all. And so long as there are dark valleys and unexplored corners of forest, there never will be. Well, Elias, I think this seems like a pretty good place to wrap up. Me too. For those interested, links to the websites I got information from can be found on our website, as well as photos and videos related to the episode. Until next time... I'm Elias. And I'm Sean. And you've been listening to Kid Cryptid.